Wow, good morning. As you know, we've been talking this summer about treasures. And in the series, we've been looking to try and help show how we can take these treasures and walk with them in our everyday lives. And this morning, I'm talking to you about how to make treasure grow. How do you make your treasure grow? So, as you heard from Janet's lovely reading about the servants, that Jesus told about the servants, the parable of the talons, and also I heard that Dad used it last week. I hasten to add that he did look over my servant, sermon before that, and I think he might have nicked my idea, but you know. <laughs> he's not here, so we'll go with that. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to go through it again, because it's a lovely illustration of what I want to talk to you about. So, there was a man going away on a long journey, and he entrusted three of his servants with his money. He gave one servant, we're going to say, 5,000 pounds, because it's a bit easier to work than bags of gold. I don't think anybody's really had bags of gold for a while, and if they do, we would never know them, because they're way up there. And, uh, and then he gave the second servant 2,000 pounds, and then the third servant 1,000 pounds. Now, he gave to each servant according to their own abilities. Now, the man went away for a long time, and when he came back, he'd found that the first servant with the 5,000 had gone away and invested wisely with the money and doubled it. And so had the second servant. He'd gone away and doubled his money. But the third servant was scared, afraid, and so buried the money to keep it safe until the master returned. Now the first servant ran up and said to the master, look, I've doubled your money. And the master's like, this is amazing, fantastic, well done. You've done ever so well. And because you've done so well with what I've entrusted you, I'm going to give you even more. Brilliant. And the second servant did the same. Look, master, I've doubled your money. Fantastic, that's amazing, wonderful, well done, faithful servant. I'm going to double, give, you know, give you more to work with now. And not only that, you're going to enjoy what I enjoy. But the third servant came along and said, Master, I know you are a hard man, so I kept what you gave me safe, and I now give it back to you, what you gave me. And he said, you idle servant. You know, I gave you this, and you did nothing with it. Because of that, I'm going to take it from you and give it to the servant who has 10,000. And that's quite a scary story, isn't it? Really. You get given something, and if you do nothing with it, it will be taken away from you. You know, let's have a look at it. We can understand that the master represents God or Jesus, and we're the servants. You know, that's pretty simple. Now, God gives us treasure to look after, and this could be wisdom, empathy, love, kindness, vision, organization, you know, those kind of things. Some things we are born with are natural abilities that have set in us, and other things develop through life, experiences, circumstances. You know, we, we, we grow them, they build up. Now, what Jesus is saying here is if we do not invest in those gifts that we've either been given by God or naturally obtained or developed over the years, they're going to waste away. 
they're going to be taken from us. And the purpose that God has given us in which to use them will diminish as well because we will no longer help them. Now, what happens then is regret. You go, oh, why didn't I jump at that opportunity? If I'd have done that, it'd be amazing. I'd be here. If I sold my house then, instead of being scared, I would have had a lot more money than if I sell it now, and the market's plummeted. You know, it's that kind of thing. And regret, you know, the guilt that we should have gone for it. But thank goodness we have Jesus. Because with Jesus, we can always start again. Hallelujah. With the whole fear thing, we need to remember what Jesus says in the story. They were given a sum of money based on their own personal abilities, their strengths, what they can handle. We have to remember that when God gives us these treasures, we have to remember that we can handle the responsibility or the effort or the work that's involved with that to make it grow. It's not like, you know, like you have a boss, you go to work, and they don't know all about your personal circumstances. They don't know about your past and the, and the things that you carry with you, the hiccups, the chip on your shoulder. So they will just pile on what they want to be done. Not necessarily on purpose to exploit you, but they will want you to work as hard as you can. Whereas God, he's not a boss. He knows everything. Your strengths, your weaknesses, what you've been through in your past, what you're going to go up against in the future. And he will only give you what he knows you can handle, with his help, obviously. So when you're going through something and it's overwhelming, it's, you're thinking, I can't do this, this is too much, I'm going to have a breakdown, this is, this is like way beyond what I can do, then we need to have a look. I don't think that's all God putting that on you. I think sometimes we need to have a look at those overwhelming circumstances and think, what is it that I'm adding on here? Because it says, and God doesn't lie, I will only give you what you can handle. So, you know, I'm the same. I take on way more than I can handle. I think I'm superwoman for about five minutes and then realize as I weep in the bathroom that I'm not. You know, it's, we have to be careful. So anyway, let's move on. Let's have a look at some scripture. Paul speaks in Timothy 6, verse 20. O Timothy, guard and keep safe the deposit entrusted to you. Turn away from irreverent babbling and godless chatter with the vain and empty and worldly phrases and the subtleties and the contradictions in what is falsely called knowledge and spiritual illumination. So basically, we've been entrusted with these treasures, but we need to keep them safe. Not allow them to be watered down by the world's chatter. Not to let vanity, political correctness, the news, water down these treasures. You know, we also, you know, in this day and age, the power of information is massive. The internet wonderful and devastating thing all in one. 
You can Google like that, and you can read what someone else's opinion is the other side. Now, I'll tell you a little short story. My daughter, she's obsessed with Descendants. It's an awful Disney film based on the daughters and sons of the evil Disney characters, you know, like Snow White and Coella Deville and all that. And um, we're on film number three now. Wonderful. And uh, it's due to come out this year. So she's on, the, on her phone. It's coming out soon, Mum. Look at this post. Look at this post. It's coming out. And then, you know, the day came. It's out. We have to go and see. Look, it says here. It says here. Look at this website. It says here. It says here. So I was like, all right, OK, well, we'll look at the cinema. <sighs> we'll see when we can go and see it. And uh, I'm going, Isn't, no, it's not on, Soph. It's not on there. You must have got it wrong. I can't have got it wrong. It's all on here. Look, look at all this. Look at all it says here. There's the date. I thought, like, yeah, it does say the date, right. So I sat down and trawled through all these posts for way too long and found out that it's not been released in the UK on that date. It's America. So it's not being released into the UK until October. Now, I explained this to my daughter, who then went away for an hour and checked. I wasn't lying. <laughs> and we both came to the same conclusion that I was right, that it's not out yet. But it's just amazing, isn't it, how information can lead to misconceived beliefs if you're not careful. And Paul warns us about that. You know, don't get caught up in all the media and all the news and all that, because sometimes it's not what's important, you know. So, we'll have a quick sum up so far. Jesus teaches us in the story of the free servants that if we don't invest in our treasure, it can be taken away from us. If we do not invest wisely or allow God to lead, how will we be given more? But not only that, how will we be able to enjoy what God enjoys? Now, Paul also tells us to protect what's been entrusted in us, to be careful not to hoard worldly treasures. But there's not only that kind of treasure that we need to grow. There's a treasure that's a bit different, and I'll talk to you about that now. Let's have a look at what God treasures. He treasures righteousness, self-discipline, love, but he also treasures us, his creation, not just as Christians, but as humans. We are his treasure. And the Great Commission tells us to go out and spread the good news. Jesus was passionate about the poor and the needy. They were his treasures. Now, a good friend of mine is a pastor of a church down south in, in Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Bournemouth. I always get those two mixed up. Bournemouth is Bournemouth. I'm sure I looked it up this morning. And he had got a, an outreach program on a Saturday morning. It was a great program. And they go out on a, early, on, very early, way earlier than I would go out, on a Saturday morning with coffee and bacon sandwiches and give them out to the homeless, the rough sleepers, before they were told, because it's a nice place to go, move on, you know. 
And, um, and they kind of did that for a few weeks, and they got to know one of the veterans there, the guy that knows everybody, and he's the guy that you go to if you need a, a toothbrush, or I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing I don't know. But um, that kind of thing. And he had a big old rant at my friend about how the church doesn't know what they need. How they don't know, they think they know what, what we need, but they have no idea. So my friend decided to challenge him and say, okay, obviously you know, why don't you come to church on Sunday and you can tell us what it is that you guys need from us. So he was like, okay, yeah. I think he had to call his bluff there. Yep, okay, I'll be there. So fortunately for me, I was down visiting them. So I got to witness this whole thing, which is amazing. So on Sunday morning, we're all sat in church and in he comes with his rucksack and he's just wonderful to come in and he's just completely dressed as he would. I mean, he was boiling hot because of the amount of layers he had on, you know. But it was just great to just see him come in and just sit down and um, just as he was, you know. And so the service went on as normal and, and then my friend, he said, we've got this man coming to talk to us about what the homeless and the rough sleepers need from the church. So up he came and took his rucksack with him because obviously that had everything he owned in it. So he kept that close. And he started to go on and say where he came from and how he became a rough sleeper. And it was quite a typical story of being in the army, you know, being discharged, struggling to settle in with society, to keep a job, to keep relationships, and ended up on the streets. And he said he quite liked it. It's the freedom of it, being on the streets. And the people were nice, you know, that he met with. And they kind of had a bit of a family kind of setup going with the people that were there all the time. But then he said the problem that he had was why they were looked at as the ones that were abnormal in society. You know, he said, we're given drinks and coffee and blankets and stuff, and that's really nice, but, you know, you just walk past us every single day. And he said, you know, I even recognize some of you that walk past me every single day on your way to work. You know, and what we really want is for you to go, good morning, How was, how's your week been? You know, learn our names, talk to us. I mean, we could discuss the news, what's been in the newspaper. I mean, I know what goes on in the news, I sleep on newspapers for goodness sake. <laughs> you know, it's like we want to be recognized as human beings with our own thoughts and opinions and that we register that we're not just people that are in need and should be thrown stuff and just given stuff without an acknowledgement of, of us as humans. And that was quite an impact, you know, it was quite a thing that challenges us, you know, you know, how often have you gone, oh, just chuck a bit of change in and Jesus loves you, you know, it's a good thing to say as you walk past, Jesus loves you and then walk off. You know, they're probably thinking, who the hell's Jesus? <laughs> it's that kind of thing, though, that guilt-driven thing. I've done my bit, and I've walked on, you know. But what really struck me was afterwards, he sat down, and a couple of 
members of the congregation good willingly meant kind of snuck up while they were still talking and here's some change and he was like you know and it just was like did you not hear what he just said <laughs> and it's like you know he wants to be felt more human you know and it's like no 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 you don't know what you want I know, I have a house. You want three pounds worth of change and a sympathetic look. You know, it's just funny, isn't it? It really hit me because it challenged me on how I view things. Oh, I know how to fix that. You know, I'll just give a little and that's that done. But really, what God wants from us is to invest in them, not just three pounds worth of change and a, you'll be all right. You know, look, it's, how are you? What's your name? What's your story? I've got time. Do you want to get a cup of coffee? Come on, I'll buy you breakfast. Because I want to know who you are. Because I care. And that's what they really want. And that really impacted me. You know, as a church, our treasures are us and potential people out there. And I guess we have to ask ourselves, do we really want to see the church grow? Do we want to see more people in this church? Do we want to invest and see that treasure grow? You know, this church can do amazing things in this town. We could really change things for God's kingdom. But only if we invest in the treasure God has given us as a church. So, how do we make our treasure grow individually? We invest in it and we protect it. And how do we do this? By giving our all to God. We don't hold back through fear of being humiliated or getting it wrong. We don't fear the pressure or the commitment that it entails because God knows you. He knows our limitations. Remember the, ga the master gave a sum of money according to each servant's abilities. And this trust comes with spending time with Jesus, getting to know him, feeling secure in his love for us and the purpose he has for our lives. Because once your investment grows, once you learn how to handle what has been entrusted with you, only then will he give you more. And as a church, how do we make our treasure grow? We invest in God's treasures. We look at, after people. We invest in each other and we help each other. Help the church in its commitments, in its plans. We have been given riches in Christ, our spiritual gifts. And let's use them together to see our church's treasures grow. You know, it's that kind of, just those little challenges. You know, the, we've got a, an old man that goes to the local shop where we are, and he, you know, the kind of crazy old man with the, the, the trolley bag that he goes every Friday and fills that up with booze. You know, and he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, you can tell he lives on his own. 
you know, and his smells and the kids, you know. We used to have one at our time, Smelly Jean, she was called. He's like, Smelly Jean, you know, it's that kind of guy. But, you know, we should go up and ask what his name is. What is it? What's your interests? What do you like to watch on the television? Do you know Jesus? Have you heard of Jesus? Because he's interested. Jesus wants to invest in him, like he does with us. Food bank, wonderful thing that we're doing. Maybe volunteer and instead of just handing out food parcels, get to know them. Do you want to go and get a coffee after this? Do you want some, me to drop you off at home with your bags? You know, have you been to the toddler group? Do you want to come with me? It's that kind of thing, you know, that investing in people. That so that the church's sin is somewhere where we are interested in investing in you. Come in. Let your treasures grow. We're growing treasure. Come let your treasure grow. Now, I know this has been very convicting, and it's what God has laid on my heart, and it is quite heavy. I've felt quite heavy for a few weeks about it myself. But remember, we, we can do this because we are so unconditionally loved by God. We are his treasures, and he will protect us and lead us. This is not all guilt, guilt, guilt. This is from love we can invest and grow, because I'm aware of how weighty it is. <laughs> um, now, if anyone feels challenged by this and wants prayer, because it is challenging, please ask someone to pray with you. And if you don't know who to ask because you're new, you know, there's some people wear badges and people will point you. But also, if you go home and you feel, I should have asked someone to pray with me about that, call someone, call the church office, because we have to remember we are a church seven days a week. Thank you.